0: Thanks for joining us for today's message We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working through this ministry to change lives If you have a story to share about how God has worked in your life Then let us know by sending us an email to timberlakechurch.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by giving online at TimberlakeChurch.com give. Enjoy the message. Uh, well, welcome again. I'm Ben. I'm the lead pastor. So glad that you're here uh, with us as we're kicking off this new message series, uh, Thrive. And I, I think just from that word, uh, we get a sense of that's what I want in life. And so we're going to look at that. I want to go right to our theme verse. If you will take your outline uh, out of your program. Uh, it says in 2 Corinthians 9 8, And God is able to bless you abundantly. So that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work." And so we're looking at that. How do we start to step in to that thing that God calls us to? And a part of what we understand is that we do this in the context of relationship. And so what I want to do is we're looking at sort of habits that we have that transform uh, not only our spiritual life, every aspect of our life. I want to look at that particular habit of uh, really being in a life-giving community. We all know what it's like to uh, be disappointed. Any of you ever been disappointed by someone? Yeah. Well, hey, let me tell you, the holidays are coming up. Get ready. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's going to happen really soon. My, my my wife is is one of the most wonderful, trusting people in the world. I was uh, I spent a few days back in Minneapolis this week. Any of you from Minneapolis, Minnesota? Okay, yeah, it's cold there. That it, yeah, it is a, a very cold there. Beautiful city. Uh, well, I came back on. Uh, on Halloween and so my wife uh, she'll do this every once in a while she's like okay you know there's trick-or-treaters in my neighborhood and uh, so what she did is she got a couple big bowls we give out candy to the kids in the neighborhood and said just uh, with a note just take two or three please and then she got me from the airport and we came back and guess how many candies were left yeah, you know, it was probably the second or third little sinner, I mean trick-or-treater, uh, that went in and took all the candy. Uh, you know, it's sort of funny, in the context of relationship, the reality is if we're going to look at this, we, we have to consider some of those disappointments that keep us from doing the very thing that God says will be life-giving to us. But we also need to understand Uh, the consequences of not taking that step. Uh, The wisest man who ever lived, uh, Solomon, uh, he wrote uh, about uh, really uh, success, about relationships, about God. And and it's interesting, he, he had achieved such incredible financial success, political success in every way, Uh, But when it came to this context of walking through life with people, uh, look at what he says in Ecclesiastes uh, 4, 7 through 12. It says, and again I saw something meaningless under the sun. There was a man all alone. He had neither son nor brother. There was no end to his toil. Yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For who am I toiling, he asked. And why am I depriving myself of much enjoyment? This too is meaningless, a miserable business. Does he sound like he's a little bit off his meds that day? Yeah, and uh, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity the fool. No, that was Mr. T. Pity anyone who fails, who falls, and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? Though the one may be overpowered, two can be defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not, easy, is not quickly broken. And, and so what he's basically saying is, it, when, it, when it comes to, and you'll get this, it, when it comes to protection, when it comes to provision, when it comes to intimacy, uh, he, he's saying, make sure you pay attention to this aspect of your life. That you take time in the midst of your achieving to connect. My daughter was in a uh, a psychology class in, in college, and uh, sh- they were talking about sort of the, what human interaction does on a physical level, how people who are uh, alone without a lot of people, just some live alone, but not only live alone, it's not connected with other people, how there's a higher uh, incidence of, of one, mortality, and also uh, illness. And all of that, and my, and my daughter, who's an incredibly social person, my, my youngest daughter, uh, she said one of the sad things was, is in the class, uh, the professor was talking about people who don't have connections or friends, and, and, it, and a number of people, these are college students, people who should uh, be at a time in life where they're connecting more than any other, they said, uh, yeah, that's sort of me. Uh, I feel like, like like I don't really have anyone like that. Well. God has a different plan for us, and, and, and we're going to look at how we step into that together as a church. Uh, but how do, how do we connect? Uh, there's really four areas that we generally connect, and one, of course, is family. Uh, a friend of mine said, you got to love family, and actually, you have to love uh, your family. I love uh, the holidays. Uh, for some of you, it's going to be a time to uh, connect with um, people who you haven't for a while. Uh, there's going to be uh, Christmas parties. There's going to be the relative that gets out of hand. Any of you have that relative that gets out of hand? The, what I call the drunkle? <laughs> yeah, the drunk uncle. <laughs> and, or that could be you. Who knows? The, uh, so the, we, we have that, and we have our family. And, uh, but sometimes even within family, uh, we can feel alone. I've talked to people who've been married, and they say, I feel so so alone even though I'm sleeping next to this person. Uh, and then there's friends. Uh, and obviously, we, we have friends from maybe our neighborhood, from social organizations. Uh, and I, I think in general, uh, women are better than men at connecting uh, with friends. For guys we're, we're much more uh, transactional. Oftentimes we will uh, not only hide our emotions, we'll sort of keep those uh, at bay. We do that. You know, you know a guy likes another guy when he starts teasing him, you know? And it's like, a, you know, someone will go, oh, man, look at him. He's gone bald. And the other guy will say, oh, no, he's not bald. The hair's just running down his back. And then you know that you are incredible uh, friends. I shared this story uh, before I was with a bunch of guys. And uh, we were at this restaurant. And uh, it was ministry leaders and so forth. And one of the guys uh, thought he was going to be funny. Uh, we, were, uh, we were in a, re- I went in the restroom and there was, you know how it is when with, for women, if you don't know this, where there's urinals, if there's like eight urinals, there's, there's etiquette. If there's two guys, one is at one end and one is at the other end. That's the etiquette uh, in the bathroom. Well, this one guy, he walks in and and, uh, he was with the group and he uh, sees another guy from the group who's there and he comes up right behind him, starts rubbing his back, starts playing with his ears. And all of a sudden, and then the guy is really mad, and he turns around, and then when the guy turns around, he realized this was a complete stranger. He wasn't part of our group. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was, uh, uh, and, and, you know, it, but, but at least I was there because I'm a compassionate person, and I didn't want him uh, to feel bad, uh, so I went ahead and told everyone what happened. <laughs> and that's, that's a typical guy behavior and that's fun uh, but we need deeper connections than that there's also work Uh, hopefully you'll find uh, friends at work now this is sort of interesting how this has changed uh, generationally Uh, previous generations didn't expect to find incredible uh, interaction at work uh, yet, we see now that, that companies are actually trying to foster friendships uh, more than ever before. Uh, and if you're a boomerang parent, you know that is? You, you had, you're an empty nester, and then they came back. Uh, this is good news for you, because uh, you can encourage your boomerang kid uh, to go get a job. You can go, be free, little birdie, be free, <laughs> you know, something like that. And, uh, and because there's, it's an incredible place to connect. But the greatest form of connection, I believe, is around mission, uh, where we have this common goal. You find this even outside of the Christian world, people can be in politics or social organization, but think about it for us in the mission that we have together in Jesus Christ. And so when... When we're looking at this, I want to look at it very specifically. There'll be applications for all different areas. But how we can go deeper into life-giving community, and we can do it in the context of the mission that God has called us to. Uh, Acts eight says this. It says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Jesus gives the assignment to us. I said this before that if you're uh, part of a church with a unique mission statement, uh, that's not a good thing because the mission of the church is actually something we don't need to think up. It's something that God gives us to live out. And the question is, are we living that out? One of the things, if you're new around here at Timber, like we are, we're pretty honest about uh, areas where we do well, areas uh, where uh, maybe we struggle a little bit. And what I like to do uh, about once a year or so is is let you know, sort of, what does it look like? How have we been living this mission uh, together? Now, sometimes we'll do this in terms of some big project that we're uh, going after. We have incredible projects. In fact, we're starting uh, Sunday night a core group around the Snoqualmie campus. Uh, we, in fact, we have so many people, we're figuring out how we can fit them in the meeting place. Uh, but, but I want to look at uh, what has this mission together looked like at Timberlake Church. If you're new here, uh, one of the cool things is we just go over this just for a minute or two. It's a little bit of family business, but you'll say, hey, is this the kind of place that I want to belong to? Uh, Well, there's, what's happened this year, one of the things, and this is just so far, so this is not, uh, we don't have the last couple months of the year, uh, obviously, so some of these stats will be a little bit lower because more, so, so far we've had 188 people take their next right step and go public through faith in baptism. Isn't that great? Okay, yeah, you can clap for that. Yeah. Yeah. And you say, well, what, what, what does that mean? Well, this means we have hundreds of people who say yes to Jesus. And then some people will take that bigger step of saying, not only am I gonna do, say yes to Jesus, I'm gonna signify that through water baptism. And so we can have uh, well over a couple hundred people uh, this year alone. I always say, before you join a church, uh, the most important thing is that you join Jesus Christ. Well, what else has uh, happened this year? Uh, we've continued to grow. And again, like I said, this will go up through, uh, the, uh, uh, through the rest of the year, probably be a little bit higher as we head into December. Uh, but again, God has continued. We're growing about 12%. Uh, that's with no new campuses. This is just sort of uh, that there's more people coming. You're inviting your friends, and uh, that is amazing to see what God's doing. Here's sort of an interesting stat is 442 new people uh, ha- are giving to the mission of Timberlake Church. Uh, now, by the way, if if you have been here for a while, you're like, well, but you guys hardly have an offering moment. Some of you came from, how many of you came from a church where the offering moment was sort of like a mini sermon? Yeah, yeah, okay, that's great. And so ours is, listen to God, do what he says. Pretty complex, isn't it? Uh, And we never do special offerings. What we just say is that you give your first and best uh, to God. And if that makes you mad, you have anger issues. So anyway, uh, but go ahead and go back. Uh, so we had uh, 1,415 adults are currently involved in growth groups, uh, which is great. Uh, and go ahead in the next slide. And this missions has been pretty amazing uh, this year so far seventy four people have taken part in three of our mission trips across the globe, and two hundred and three people have served locally uh, in our community, uh, primarily ministries to the homeless uh, making a, a difference because the reality is uh, maybe maybe you're like me and you're you know you grew up in a in a household where you weren 't a Christ follower is People want to know, are are you just in this for you? Or are you in this to make a difference in the world? I was at the supermarket. And uh, someone came up to me who goes to, uh, I mentioned this in one of our services last weekend. Uh, I don't think it was this one. uh, who, Who lives at Acres of Diamonds, our transitional housing for homeless women and kids. And she just said, what She was saying, what a difference. And it wasn't just the housing we provided. She said, and, and you know, I'm going to Timberlake Duval, and God is just doing incredible work in my life. So that's sort of a cool uh, stat. Uh, we had uh, 1,515 kids go to camp. 245 uh, accepted Jesus. And so these are just incredible stats of what God is doing and what it means is we're on mission together. There's some digital, you know, all the people who uh, are viewing our our website uh, and just incredible. uh, The hundreds of people a weekend joining us on our online campus as well. Well, those stats are like, okay, stats are stats. It's exciting. People saying yes to Jesus Uh, people taking their next right step. But I I want you, for some of you who are like me, a little more visual, to just get a, a glimpse of what that's looked like in the last 10 months. Take a look at this. I think at that moment is when I really just surrendered everything and I said, I can't do this, I need you help me now. Jesus has been there through thick and thin. There's one thing I have now that I didn't have before, and that would be joy. Now I'm not talking about happiness, I'm talking about joy, a relationship with Jesus that continues to grow. I know that I can always turn to God, for the love and the peace that He needs to bring into my soul. I was missing something in my life, um, but I never knew what it was. When we started coming, I'd I'd say it was probably about six months later that I really feel that I started to believe and I started to put my faith in God, um, started talking to God, praying to God. Jesus is always there with me and and, and that brings me peace, definitely. Got a hand again. Man, the video team does such a great job. I just feel like, okay, service is done, man. We did it. <laughs> uh, here's the thing. You say, I want to make that kind of difference. You will never do it alone. No matter how much you serve, no matter how much you share, no, how, you know, you give to homeless, you'll never do it alone. God has called us together. To make a difference. When the early Christians got together, it literally changed the world. It changed how uh, kids were cared for. When uh, Rodney Stark, who is a sociologist, actually he used to teach at the University of Washington, he, he describes how uh, people who were left to die were suddenly cared for. People who are on the margins. First, uh, in, in ancient world, women had no rights whatsoever. And the first time that ever happened is when Christians, and some of you may, maybe don't get this from your history, there was no other time that happened is when Christ followers got involved and said that every single person matters and is created in the image of God. And when you understand that, you say, okay, God, what do you want me to do? And God, how can we do that? together, and in the midst of that, how can you meet some of my own, my deepest needs? Well, Acts 2, uh, 42 through 47, famous passage of Scripture uh, there. We're going to, I'm going to, I'm not going to go over that in entirety, but that's really the reference point if you want to look back at that. What do we see in the early church that can impact us in our church? One of the things we see is that, is that everybody's welcome, and that that is so uh, important, that the church is an interesting institution because it exists primarily for the benefit of those who are not members. Doesn't matter your background, doesn't matter your hurt, your pain, doesn't matter the sin. Everyone's welcome if you will come. You know, it's it's interesting, we see this throughout the scripture, the last chapter of the last book of the Bible. This just, you get the heart of God. It says, the spirit and the bride say, come, and let those who hear say, come. Let the one who is thirsty come. The Bible tells us, and let the one who wishes take the free gift of the water of life. That we can come to God. And also, everyone's connected. It says, be devoted to one another in love. Honor one another above yourselves. What we see in the early church is how they did this. When they studied the Bible together. That's something that uh, we do a good job of around here. One of the great things is if you're new to the Bible, we even have Bible studies for people who are, you know, hey, I'm not much of a Bible uh, person. But we get to understand that. And then we get that in the context of community. They also did life together. That means they made a friend. They ate together. Uh, Now, I think this is something we have perfected at Timberlake Church. Uh, I, I really do. And uh, like, we're not a potluck church. Potluck, if, you know, if I die and there's a potluck, I think I went to hell because those are, uh, you know, no, we, we, this is more where we just enjoy great food together. And I would love to tell you when I talk to people, you, you know, hey, even people who came to faith at Timberlake, why did you come back? And I'm, you know, I'm sort of baiting the question. So what was I preaching on? And oftentimes are all here you know, the snacks around here were really good. Uh, and I'm like, and? The coffee, too. Okay, <laughs> I was hoping for more than that. They prayed together. Th- this is an area where we could do better as a church. Uh, you know, you fill out prayer requests and, and where we could be a people where we would commit to seasons of prayer. Would we say, God, will you do the impossible. We also see in the early churches that everybody's needed. The scripture tells us in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 6, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone is the same God at work. That God has an assignment for every one of us. Yeah, I know for some of you, you're thinking, well, you know, okay, uh, is this a big push, for, you know, for a lifetime in ministry? No. When every one of us is operating in our gifts, when every one of us does our part, it's not a big burden uh, to anyone. And so the question is, is, hey, am I going to do my part? One of the great ways to, to figure that out is around Christmas season, uh, we have... Uh, handouts where you can sign up to serve at one of the, uh, you know, bajillion services we're going to have <laughs> uh, on our campus. I don't know if that's a word or not, but where you just say, hey, I'm, I'm going to serve. Do you know, you know, the amazing thing is we'll have like five, 6,000 people or more, uh, probably, yeah, more than 6,000 people on our campuses uh, on Christmas. I don't know what it was last year, six or 7,000. Uh, so, yeah, probably more than that this year. And there were people who literally would serve for three or four services. And by the way, we, we sort of don't want you to. We want you to serve one and go to one. But it was just the joy of seeing God work in people's lives. And so the reality is that, is that we're all essential in that Says in 1 Corinthians twelve twenty one through twenty two, the eye cannot say to the hand, "I don't need you," and the head cannot say to the feet, "I don't need you." On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker, are indispensable. That means that you can come with uh, your imperfections, and God, God will use you. In fact, sometimes you're saying, "You know, I really." Just need to get my act together and then I can serve God. You know that one of the things that'll help you get your act together is by serving God? I remember when I was in college, uh, I went to, uh, I, I won't say what university, it's just the best one in the state, the University of Washington. And the, uh, <laughs> so I, I went to UW and uh, I was making some poor decisions. And some of you are shocked. Some of you are like, yeah, that does not surprise me at all. <laughs> uh, but so, as I was there and, uh, but I also had this yearning, hey, I want to make a difference. And so I started serving at the church I was going to. And the interesting thing is no one had to say anything or I just realized, hey, you know what? I want to change because because I can't be two people. And God used that uh, to change my heart. See, for us, it's it's important to understand that God has a plan for us, that God's plan hasn't changed even when we fail, that God looks at us and, and he says, you're my child, who who I love, who I'm crazy about. Just like every child wants to wants to hear that. My my uh, youngest daughter, when she was uh, little, I I got the privilege I'd you know help put the kids to bed, and uh, you know how it is if you have kids uh, when they're like going to sleep and they won't quite go to sleep, and so I, I just one time I just uh, said, hey. Uh, And Beth and I started telling her, I said, you know, you are one of the kindest, most compassionate people that I know. You're nice to your friends. You're sweet. I love how you love God, and you're intelligent. And then, so I just started saying these things, and her eyes started to go down, and I started to walk away, and she goes, more and, and, and I'm like, and so yeah, I started telling her some more, and literally that happened a couple of times. She's like, "More." We we all want to hear that, and we all want to hear it from someone who matters in our life. And when we're connected in a life giving community, we can not only hear that from each other, we can hear God's voice saying your past is not what defines you but it's what i'm calling you to see the reality is everyone's changed when we connect in life-giving community that none of us stay the same romans 10:13 it says everyone who calls on the name of the lord will be saved you know i think about that in terms of our greatest aspirations and our greatest challenges, and, and how do we get to that place where we say, okay, God, I'm going to risk. I'm going to risk even after being hurt, even after hurting other people. There's a, a book, a great book, uh, came out a number of years ago called Woosh, and uh, it's really a book on leadership and and uh, business and all of that. One of the stories in it uh, was about the Hanoi Hilton during Vietnam, and, and I found that sort of interesting because ha- how how prisoners of war dealt with failure, and in, in this book, it, it describes how uh, during uh, the Vietnamese conflict that those who were uh, prisoners of war, they would, especially in this notorious prison, the, the Hanoi Hilton, is that they would be taken out and they would be tortured uh, and to give up information and to give up information on their other prisoners. And uh, as the author writes, uh, everyone eventually broke. And so you had all these people who couldn't trust each other because they would betray each other. But, but the prisoners came up with a, a, a way to restore, and they called it rolling back. They knew that everyone who uh, was taken out was going to give up information. But they had, this, they had this agreement that they could, what they call roll back, to the place they were before that happened, that they could have a second chance. And I thought, that is what the gospel of Jesus Christ is about, that we can roll back. In fact, I told this story uh, a number of years ago when I was down in San Diego pastoring a church, and a guy came up to me after, afterwards. He was an older guy and he said uh, you got the story wrong which is by the way that's a great thing for a pastor to hear uh, and I, he said i said what do you mean and this guy bob he says actually i spent a number of years in the hanoi hilton and he said what you said is true about rolling back he said but not everyone was tortured because there were people who were so weak that they couldn't handle it. And so some of us would get to the front of the line and that we would take their place so they wouldn't have to go through it. And then I thought, now that's what Jesus did for you and me. That in our weakest moments, he gives us greatest grace. And maybe today, The the relationship that you need more than any other is that relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And as we talk about connecting, that today you can make that decision. Thank you for listening to the Timberlake Church Podcast. Stay connected with us by visiting TimberlakeChurch.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook.